You are Locked On Magic, your daily podcast on the Orlando Magic, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is October 19th, 2016. We are done with the penultimate Orlando Magic preseason game. The regular season is exactly one week away. It's finally here, unbelievably. And of course, uh, we've got a lot to talk about before we get to the regular season, including last night's game against the Miami Heat or, or whatever you want to call that. Uh, but today on today's show, we'll also we'll talk about that game. We'll also talk a little bit about Mario Hazonia and what his next steps are and, and what we're seeing from him, as well as kind of how we think the offense is going to get distributed. Uh, something that I've been very interested in, in, in how the Magic are going to kind of split the offense and, and, and what their usage rates are going to be. But before we get into that, I do want to remind everyone you can check out all the great podcasts on the Locked On Podcast Network by searching for them on Audioboom and iTunes. Uh, pretty much every NBA team is covered. You probably see in Magic Wands that I've been linking to the other Locked On podcasts so you can get the Miami Heat perspective of uh, Tuesday's game against the Orlando Magic uh, from our pals at Locked On Heat with Wes Goldberg and David Ramil. They do a fantastic job covering the Heat. And of course, you can follow uh, or Locked On Magic by searching uh, searching Audioboom, iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio. Be sure to leave us a, a review. Uh, let us know what you think about the show. Let others know what you think about the show. It helps us rise the iTunes rankings if you give us a five-star rating. Uh, and of course, uh, we do appreciate all the comments and all the love uh, spreading it out there to everyone in the world. So let's talk about Tuesday's game between the Orlando Magic and the Miami Heat because, frankly, it wasn't much of a game. The Miami Heat won 107-77. They really had control from the first quarter to the very end of the game. Uh, the, really, the Magic won the first seven minutes. I think they were up 17-16 uh, uh, at one point. And then Miami closes the, closes the first quarter on an 11-2 run. They're up 27-19 after one quarter. Largely with the bench in. This, I, I, I want to really stress that, and I'll talk about it a little bit, I guess, uh, in a moment. But uh, the Heat just dominated the game. Orlando got it to within seven right before the half, and then Deion Waiters hits a half-court three, and, and from there, the Magic were just kind of done. Um, the 2016 third quarter, the offense just never could get itself going. Uh, the shooting numbers were just horrendous. 33.7% shooting, 2 for 19 from beyond the arc. The Magic... We're not moving the ball very well. It's kind of a very stagnant offense. Uh, and and that's going to happen, I think, with this team. And, and we'll talk a little bit more uh, about that, I guess, uh, later on in the show. But uh, this offense is going to take a lot of time. And uh, it looked very good at the beginning of the game uh, when the starters were in. And then just it turned off. It stopped. Uh, and, and that's actually something we've seen throughout this preseason, where the Magic will be playing really well, and then it'll stop. It happened Sunday against Atlanta. The Magic played a really strong first half, uh, a relatively strong first half at least, uh, and then the second half, they just kind of fall off a cliff. They, they kind of don't, uh, didn't bring the right energy, didn't bring the right attention to detail uh, that they need to win these games. And yes, it's preseason, so winning and losing doesn't really matter, but you know the Magic were playing a team without Hassan Whiteside, without Justice Winslow, with most of their main players, the only you know Aaron Gordon sat out with his with an ankle issue. With his, his ankles are feeling sore, uh, you know I think he's still feeling the effects of of that injury from earlier in camp. Uh, and Bismack Biombo got the day off as well, but that shouldn't excuse things. I mean, I, and I, and I wrote this uh, in the sidebar uh, on OrlandoMagicDaily.com. I wrote that I wrote that the Magic's margin for error is just so incredibly small 
uh, and they've got to uh, they've they've got to get everything right. They've got to have players in the right roles. They, they, every piece has got to fit together, and, and it just it feels that way. I'll I'll probably talk a little bit more about my feelings on that uh, a little bit later. You can also check out that article on OrlandoMagicDaily.com. But when it comes to when it comes to this though, when it comes to to this game, here are my here are my main takeaways. When the Magic are good. They are pretty good. I, I, I think I think there's a good, you know, we've had six of these preseason games. We got one more left. And I'm not sure how much stock we're going to be able to take into it because New Orleans is probably not going to play their main players. Um, Anthony Davis is out already. Uh, Alvin Gentry is hurt for crying out loud. He's probably not even going to make the trip to Orlando. So we don't really, we're not going to really learn a lot. I, I'd kind of like to see the Magic give their full roster a, a test run, play them for a half, win that half relatively convincingly, and then pack it in if, if New Orleans is really not playing their guys. I, I think the, I, I mean, I said this Miami game should have been the Magic stress rehearsal. It, it ended up not being that. Orlando's only had their full roster available for one game in this preseason so far. So we really still don't have a good vision of what this team looks like uh, at full strength. Um, and maybe that's by design, but, uh, you know, I want to see Aaron Gordon on the floor with Jeff Green behind him and possibly Gordon Green lineups. I don't think we've seen very much of that. I want to see, you know, Ibaka, Biombo, Vucevic, how that rotation is going to work. Uh, you know, we want to see all this stuff happen, and, and we haven't quite seen it at full force yet, and, and we may not until the regular season begins. What I did like about the way the Magic played, I did like the first six, seven minutes of this game for the Orlando Magic. They played... Really strong defense. They look like a good. They look like a good team. The offense actually, I think, worked pretty well. Um, I think they got good looks. They were able to get the ball into the paint. Nikola Vucevic had one of his better offensive games, shooting four for nine, scoring eight points. Uh, Serge Ibaka continues to have another good offensive game, fifteen points, nine rebounds, seven for twelve shooting. He looked really good, really active around the glass, especially uh, on the offensive glass, uh, especially. Uh, and uh, I think that the Magic played the first six or seven minutes the way they want to play it. At this point of the preseason, though, we want to see longer stretches of this play. And when the bench came in, and without Bismack Biombo, that bench was really rough, was really depleted. DJ Augustin doesn't have the greatest reputation as a defender. Um, Alfred Payton, his defense is still not, I think, where it needs to be either individually. I think there's sometimes a little over-reliance on the rim protecting behind him. Uh, but they've got to keep point guards out of the paint. Um, they've got to quit getting sucked in and kind of ball-watching through all the switching that they do. Uh, they, they dig in. It's definitely a very aggressive defensive style. Uh, but the Magic tend to get sucked in and give up three-pointers. And it's no surprise that Miami made 10 three-pointers. They got four of six from Wayne Ellington, two of three from Dion Waiters. Uh, gave up 51.2% shooting. That is, frankly, unacceptable for the Orlando Magic right now. I mean, that's not who they want to be. Uh, I want to believe that the Magic aren't at full force, and that's a big reason why they're not quite getting where they need to be. They're not quite um, in in rhythm yet defensively. Uh, but right now... The Magic are just not there yet. I mean, I, I can't really say say it. They, they, they showed in flashes, in very brief glimpses. They look phenomenal. But it, the, the, it hasn't been sustained. And, and I, if, if, I were, if I were Frank Vogel, that's the part 
that would frustrate me at the moment. Um, that it, it's just not sustaining itself yet, and 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 you know, I think he certainly put probably puts on a, a positive spin and a positive face um, when talking to the media about this. But you know, we'll we'll find out in a week. We are we're a week away. We'll find out in a week if this Magic team is truly ready or not, and if they can turn on that switch. And I'm a little afraid that they don't have that switch to turn on. That it's still going to be a little bit of a, a little bit of a process. Uh, again, we'll see. Uh, there wasn't a lot to glean from this game. Evan Fournier just had a really bad shooting night, three for ten. Like I said, the offense was so stagnant, really, really stagnant. You know, thirteen assists on twenty-eight field goals. You know, it. The Magic need to move the ball. They need to work together to to create offense, and they weren't doing that for a lot of the night Tuesday. So, whatever we're supposed to learn from this game, I, I think a lot of it's a wash. The Magic missed a lot of lot of open shots, so they were getting good looks and just missing them and. You know, I think their offense still affects their defense in a lot of ways, and 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 we talked a little bit about this last year, at you know, on the podcast or on the website. Um, the offense can't lead into the defense. The defense has to be the constant, uh, and and the offense just isn't. Um, so, uh, that's got to change. That's the part that's really got to change, uh, and it's still about forming habits, and we just want to see some some good play sustained for a full quarter, for half, for three quarters, and then eventually for a game. And it's got to be for a game in the next week. So a lot of work still to do for the Magic. Uh, Tuesday's game was was frustrating, but uh, still a little ways to go. We still got a preseason game Thursday. I don't think we'll learn very much from there. And so, you know, we're going to find out just how good this Magic team is uh, next Wednesday when they take on the Miami Heat again in the regular season opener. One of the interesting storylines that has emerged... Uh, throughout this preseason, though, is is Mario Hazonia. Hazonia was the fifth pick of last year's draft, a very good draft, uh, and, and someone that has taken a lot of attention from the Magic. There are people that absolutely love him. They love his bravado. They love his confidence. And my my impression of Mario is that he yes, he's very confident, but he's not braggadociously confident. I, I found him last year to be very, uh, you know, in our interactions. With, with him as, as media, now, you know, still a little bit of a kid, but he seems very uh, reserved, uh, very humbled, you know, very much wanting to learn as much as he can from his peers and from his veterans and from his coaches. Uh, it, it seemed like he was uh, that kind of a player. Uh, but Hazonia's still got to take that next step, and, and, and the Magic are relying on him to do so. Last year... Did not go according to plan. He had uh, 6.1 points per game shot, 34.9% from beyond the arc. Uh, that's not the Mario Hazonia they wanted. They wanted a Hazonia who could shoot the ball, do a little playmaking in the pick and roll, and and you know have that kind of swagger, that 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 think mentality of I can I can beat you. Um, I think Scott Skiles had a really tight leash on him, and that made him afraid to make mistakes. And you know we're seeing a Mario Hazonia in the preseason who is just letting it fly. He's shooting a ton. And, and Tuesday's game was no different. He shot 2 for 11. Uh, he's one of the leaders in field goal attempts on this Magic team. He's he's letting it fly. And I think Frank Vogel is going to have to reel that back in. And he's going to have to learn how to play defense at a much higher level too to, to get playing time. The question is with Mario Azonia is, has he gotten better from his rookie year? And, and can he contribute to this team? And preseason hasn't really answered that question yet either. Um, like I said, he's been shooting a lot. His defenses look shaky at times, and then and then he reels it back in, and then he looks 
you know, not a, a standout defender, but certainly someone who fits the scheme and, and is able to, to do his reads. Um, even in Tuesday's game, I thought he was really poor in the first half, was much better in the second half, was uh, able to, to play a little bit stronger defense, wasn't forcing things on offense, wasn't taking quick shots, wasn't taking bad shots. Um, again, even the good shots he made, he's got to make them. But, uh, you know, Hizonia to me was beginning to do some of those things. So here's the question the Magic have to, have to ask themselves as they enter the season. What are they looking for Mario Hizonia to do? For for his Olympic team, he ended up being more just a spot up shooter, you know, making some plays in transition, not really having the ball in his hands. I think the Magic want him to have the ball in his hands a little bit. Uh, I like him in transition. He's he's still got some learning to do on making reads, but I think he's a really smart pass. I think he's a really good passer, uh, and so I like the idea of him him in transition a lot. Um. Azonia does believe his experience this this summer and, and last year is going to help him grow into a better player. Uh, it's hard to see that right now. I think he is a better player. Don't get me wrong. Uh, but I think it's still hard to measure Mario Azonia and what to expect from him. I said at the beginning of the summer that I kind of expected him to to take on a six-man role, kind of be the alpha of, of the second unit. I don't believe that anymore. From, from what I've seen in the preseason. I think he's really struggled in a lot of ways uh, and still has some work he's got to do to to get to that level, to, to really realize his potential. What the Magic need from him is to, to be a cutter, to move without the ball, be a, be a floor spacer and three-point shooter, uh, to be competent defensively, to, to get out and transition, be someone that they can use athletically and transition with that second unit. Uh there are going to be games, I think, where Hazonia does take over and get gets hot, but largely, it, it's hard to tell what Mario Hazonia is still. Um, he's got to become a better defender. He's got to make shots. Those are the two things that he's got to do this year for the Magic to be successful. And it's hard to say that he's doing that so far uh, in, in, in preseason. Uh, it is just preseason, so I don't want to put too much stock into it, but... Um, the signs have not been encouraging from from Mario, and uh, he'll get his chance. He'll get the first crack at being the backup backup three or backup two. Uh, but you know, C.J. Wilcox is probably waiting in the wings, uh, and we'll see we'll see what happens. I mean, I think I think the Magic are relying a lot on Mario Azonia to to pan out uh, off the bench this year for for the team. That brings me to the next topic that I want to chat about, and that is. Uh, about the Orlando Magic's usage rate. Um, if you don't know what usage rate is, usage rate is a statistic that essentially says how many possessions, what percentage of possessions does the ball does the possession end with the ball in your hands? So essentially, a shot, a turnover, free throw, stuff like that. It's a measurement to say who's using the ball the most, who's using. Uh, the possessions the most. And I've talked a lot about this stat, especially when it refers to Serge Ibaka. Uh, he's never had a usage rate over 20. So essentially, if everyone's using the ball, using possessions about equally at about, you know, they'd all use it at 20%. 100 divided by 5 is 20%. Serge Ibaka's been at like 18 at one point. Uh, his usage rate has dropped significantly. Uh, and so I expect that to go up. But that inevitably means someone's usage rate has to come down. The Magic last year were not 
a team with a lot of high usage guys. Nikola Vucevic, I think, was at 24, 23. Usually you see stars up around 30. Russell Westbrook last year was over 30 at like 32%. I mean, he's using a lot of possession. Stars will be around 30, 28, 29, 30, 31, 32, somewhere in that range. Nikola Vucevic is at about 23, 24. Evan Fournier, uh, I've got the chart in here, I believe. Evan Fournier was at 20. Alfred Payton, 20. Serge Ibaka was actually 17, 6. Aaron Gordon, 17, 3. There's two going thoughts here. One... You know, a balanced lineup means you're passing the ball well and, and producing if, if your offense is efficient. Two, sometimes teams just need a guy to take over. You know, a, a guy that defenses have to focus on. Uh, and that is important too. It depends the kind of team you have. Well, if you're an inefficient team and you're, the ball is spread out pretty evenly, then you're an inefficient team, period. If you're an inefficient team and you have a superstar, you're an inefficient team. It's still all about offensive efficiency. So the question is, how are the Magic going to use the players efficiently to create a, a strong offense? And that is that is certainly a question that is uh, up for grabs. Um, we've seen this team play a little bit now. We've gotten a sense of what their offense is going to be, and I think they're going to be a very balanced lineup. I think we'll see. I think we'll certainly see Ibaka's usage rate come up over 20% for the first time. I think we'll see Evan Fournier be a heavy usage guy. Um, I think Nikola Vucevic will still be a pretty heavy usage guy. It, it, it's, you know, there are going to be probably a few players at the 22-23 range, and then, you know, everyone else, and then, like, Alfred and Alfred Payton and Aaron Gordon are going to be the two uh, below 20, uh, not taking a lot of shots, not using a lot of possessions. It, it's an inexact science, you know. I don't know what uh, it will look like at the end of the day. But I do believe that balance is going to be the way this Magic team operates. Um, they're going to find the hot hand. They're going to move the ball really well. It's going to be kind of a motion offense. Uh, if anyone does get isolations, it'll probably be Serge Ibaka in the post or Nikola Vucevic in the post. I think the Magic do want to run their offense through the post, uh, whether it's the high post with Vucevic uh, possibly passing it down low or Ibaka in the post. We've seen him get some isolations. I think Evan Fournier will run a lot of pick and rolls. Uh, and so there, there are there are weapons you know, realistically for this team, but not a lot of heavy usage guys, not a lot of guys that you're just going to throw the ball to and let them go to work. That's that's not who this team is. The pitfall of that is what we saw Tuesday night against the Heat, where there isn't a lot of movement, where there's a lot of stagnation, where the players are not working together, and it's a lot of isolation ball. If the Magic are isolating a lot, especially on the perimeter, they're probably not going to be successful this season. I, I, I just think that's the truth uh, for this team. If they are able to spread the ball, share it around, you know, there's no guarantee that will lead to efficiency because last year, you know, they're pretty pretty evenly evenly spread out and their offense was still, you know, below average in the league, you know, just below, you know, well below average. I think it was in the bottom 10. So, at the end of the day, it's still about efficiency. It's still about getting open shots. Who uses the ball doesn't matter as long as it gets to the right person. Without a heavy usage guy, without a superstar to, to heavily use the ball, the Magic are going to have to rely on each other. And we've seen some of those struggles throughout the preseason. We've, we certainly saw it Tuesday night when the Magic just couldn't hit a shot to save their lives. And their offense devolved into a lot of mid-range jumpers and, and settling for jumpers instead of working through an offense. Uh, there there are certainly pitfalls to that as well. And so 
Now, it'll be interesting to see how that split ends up. It's something I'm going to probably track. Uh, who's using possessions? Can the Magic be more efficient with the possessions that they use? And, and right now, I think their best bet is to dump the ball into the post and let Vucevic and Ibaka uh, try and... Uh, you know, be fulcrums for this offense. Um, I think Evan, you know, use that in an Evan Fournier pick and roll here and there, or not more than here and there, but use an Evan Fournier pick and roll as well. Uh, I think you've got the basis for a decent offense, but it's not going to be easy. The Magic just don't have those knockdown shooters. They don't have a, a fantastic offensive arsenal to, to deal with, and that's why I think Frank Vogel wants to push the pace and get into transition a lot more uh, this season. So uh, going to be interesting to see how it all shakes out with the Magic. Um, you know, we've gotten clues, but obviously not a a good picture of this team quite yet as, as they really haven't been at full strength uh, and healthy at all this preseason. Okay, that'll do it for me today. I want to thank everyone for listening to the show. Once again, you can subscribe to us on iTunes, Audio Boom, Stitcher, and TuneIn Radio. We appreciate all the ratings and all the comments on the show. I do check them out and, and, and do appreciate them. Be sure to tell your friends about the show and subscribe and have them subscribe as well so that can be downloaded automatically onto your devices. So when you listen to the podcast, we usually go about somewhere between 20 and 30 minutes usually, unless it's a a longer episode with a guest uh, on it. So every day, 20 to 30 minutes, easy easy to listen to on your commute while you're working out, get the latest on the Orlando Magic, uh, you know, just talking about what's going on with the team and uh, hopefully giving you some insight that that you wouldn't otherwise get that you can find on orlandomagicdaily.com, of course, but also uh, on Locked On Magic. Be sure to follow me on Twitter at omagicdaily, uh, as well as to subscribe to the podcast. Uh, we should be starting a podcast-specific feed. I'll, I'll share the links to some of the stories that I've written about the topics that I'm discussing as well uh, on that feed. Uh, we're, we're we're still in the still in the works of getting that established. Um, I, I think I've mentioned it a few times, but uh, still still getting all that all that cleaned out as well. So uh, be on the lookout for that as well. But until then, follow me on Twitter at omagicdaily. And, and until we talk again tomorrow and preview uh, Thursday's game against New Orleans Pelicans, the final preseason game, we, we finally made it. We're a week away from the regular season. Until then, this has been Philip Rossman-Reich of orlandomagicdaily.com and Locked On Magic. We will see you tomorrow. You are Locked On Magic. Your daily Orlando Magic Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.